stupid life jacket, she muttered under her breath as she struggled with it. More passengers crowding into their area made everyone shift sideways. A voice behind her said, Here, sweetheart, let me help. Oh, that voice. The back of her neck tingled. Embarrassment flooded over her, making it harder to fasten the jacket. Nate stepped in front of her, deep brown eyes looking down at her as he smiled, and reached both arms around behind her back. Hello again, he said, and smiled deeper, his eyes gazing into hers. We have to stop meeting like this. Then he winked. His face was bronzed by wind and sun, and he projected a magnetic self-confidence, along with a generous smile. Hello, she murmured, blushing as his scent, spicy and male, and his nearness made her senses spin. She felt dizzy. Between the heat of his body and the heat of the sun, she grew warmer and more flushed. Your straps are twisted. She watched his lips as he spoke, and her pulse raced. Let me fix them for you. He towered over her. She had to look up to look into his eyes, brown eyes that sparkled as he untwisted the straps. She nodded, the blush spread across her face. His hand brushed the small of her back as he untwisted the straps, sending a tingle up her spine. He was so close, yet the bulky life jacket held her head up and covered her chest. Yet it wasn't only the man's sexiness and the sudden attraction that nearly did her in, but the tender way he administered to her. The way she felt cared for, something she hadn't felt for a long time. Her body came alive as if one touch had turned on the floodlights, and the deep part within her that wanted to be cared for and loved made her ache with need. Pulling the straps together in front, he snapped the vest tight. There, that's better. She didn't look up into his eyes. Instead, her eyes traced the stubble on his chin. Who would have thought a man's stubbly chin could be so sexy? She wanted to reach up and touch it. Knowing she should thank him, instead she stood, frozen, bared to her soul. If she said one word, she feared all the pent-up loneliness inside her would come pouring out. Now all the passengers were accounted for, and the captain's voice came over the loudspeaker, interrupting what either of them might have said. Nate stood for one more brief moment, looking down into her eyes, his teeth white against his tan, his intent brown eyes upon hers, before he winked again and stepped back behind her. Kara was intensely aware of his presence, though she tried to ignore it, to focus on the captain's instructions. It was important to pay attention. This information could save her life if the ship started to sink. She glanced down at the small whistle and plastic light hanging from her vest like children's toys. The light would act as a beacon, but how could anyone see that tiny thing in the vast ocean? 
Don't think about the ship going down like the Titanic. Don't. The evening sun beat down, and she longed to retreat to their cool cabin. Viv moved over next to her. When the drill is over, let's put on our swimsuits and try out the hot tub. That and a frosty piña colada sounds good. Carol wondered if Nate had overheard, and if he'd look for her later. She wasn't going to say anything to Viv after the way Viv flirted with him in the airport, but secretly, Kara made one small wish. Viv had been after her to make one, and they were, after all, sailing on the wishing star. <laughs>